0: Welcome to my podcast, all about finding balance and inspiration in the busy world of hybrid working. In each episode, I share creative and fun ways of working. I'm your host, Dr. Mara Deepwell. Let's jump right into the episode. On today's episode, I want to talk to you a little bit about my personal vault. And by that, I mean a list of things which i've been tracking for over a decade as i discovered this week so yeah let's jump right in i'll tell you a little bit about um what this is all about and how you might find it useful um whether you're doing something similar or maybe thinking that this could be useful to you as well now i think i've been blogging for a really long time but in around 2010 I migrated um, lots of old blogs onto a new platform and at that stage I was also um, just finishing kind of my PhD and my graduate studies and started working full-time and I didn't really know kind of where work life was going but I did know that I wanted to have some kind of list for people who were asking me kind of oh what were you doing before you did this or you know have you written anything on this topic so I started making a list and I keep a record of you know anything that I may have published um events I've spoken at workshops I've run projects I've been involved in or led on I keep um details of things that like podcasts or media appearances anything like that and so I am going to include a link to the archive in the show notes so you can have a look for yourself. But basically, if you scroll all the way down and kind of go to the bottom um, level of my sort of personal vault, if you like, you go all the way back to, you know, a cover page of my PhD thesis, UCL. Um, You will see pictures of what I made when I was in art school. Um, and when I studied sculpture or you know even remnants of my years in Athens training as a stonemason and you'll also be able to see you know when I started kind of recording things like you know appearances um, on the UK BBC Radio 4's Today programme or in the year I went to the European Parliament in Brussels and all those sorts of things Um, as well as a whole lot of humdrum, you know, this is this tiny webinar I gave to 15 people in, you know, the five o'clock graveyard shift, or this is a blog post I published on a blog no one ever read, Um, as well as lots and lots and lots of things where um, I've published, you know, blog posts or slides and so on, um, just to keep an entry of what I've been up to. So as we progress through the years, the list of things that I recorded each year um, becomes longer and a bit more comprehensive. And you can really see when I start kind of adding links to my own blog posts on my own domain that have a bit more information and are kind of less reliant on external sites or um, yeah, e- external links um, to work. And it's fascinating to see how, you know, some years are a bit longer, some years are a bit shorter. But overall, um, particularly when you look at years like, you know, 2020, where so much was happening in the world, it looks very, you know, consistent, very kind of, um, yeah, regular. And um, it get, it's a fascinating insight into, you know, what I've been up to over the years. Mostly of things that I've definitely, you know, would have, forgotten, or maybe yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily think back to. Now, what do I use this list for? And how is it useful for me? Now, I've been doing this for over 10 years now. Um, and I want to reflect a little bit with you on you know, why I'm doing it. So I guess the practice of making the list in and of itself is really helpful to me i find you know although i could probably use um a clever tool to compile this kind of information for me and kind of automatically kind of bookmark or you know list links that i add i find it really there is a great value for me in the act of kind of processing the information about what i have done and reflecting on it as i make the list and as i update it manually so for example in 2024 in the section that i've started for this year i already have kind of i think six or eight entries and we are currently at the time of recording about three weeks into the year and i think this has been really helpful to kind of see you know like i published an article in learning magazine um earlier this month i went to edinburgh and ran a leadership day and there was a podcast for a women's leadership development program that i was on there was an article about reinventing mondays and redesigning my week in another magazine and i'm you know this is the week where i'm giving a talk at the world of learning summit and the list goes on and on i joined a national mentoring program and so on and so forth now for me this is really helpful because you know as I'm recording this I'm like wow it's been quite busy but you know I hadn't really sort of stepped back to reflect and just looking at this list is a helpful kind of way of looking at progress but also just kind of keeping in mind what I have done and taking a step back so On a regular basis, as I publish something or a new project gets scheduled into my diary or something gets completed, like for example, that workshop in Edinburgh that I ran, I'll just go in and update the list and add links and date each entry. And wherever possible, I really try and capture what I'm doing in a blog post as I add it to this list, um, partly so that I have more information in my own domain, but also to help me reflect and process the work that I'm doing. Now, on a monthly basis, as I compile my newsletter, I refer back to this list and cross check what else I may want to mention. And for me, this is super helpful and makes my compiling newsletter pretty easy. So on a monthly basis, I make a lot of views of my own little archive. I also use it in case someone asks me what talks I've recently given or if I've published a particular Um, on a particular topic and or what talks I've given. Um, And I do make use of it as well for reviewing my own progress or performance. And I find over the last sort of, you know, five or six years in particular, I've done a lot of sort of 360 degree appraisals. I've done, you know, cases for, you know, um, recognition for excellence or promotion. And this kind of list really gives me a, a bit of a superpower Because when I do get asked for a list of what I've done this year or a list of articles I've published or what CPD I've done, I can usually just go to my own archive and, you know, pull out the the relevant sections. Now, not everything that I do in terms of professional development is on this list, but more often than not, things that I would, you know, have to share externally or more widely are on this list. And so it gives me a lot of shortcuts for doing things like appraisals. And instead of kind of spending my energy and time and focus on trying to remember what I did last March and where this workshop was that I vaguely remember attending at some point, I just have this list ready made and I can spend all of my time and energy thinking about what I actually want to do and what I want to kind of focus on. That's really... magnified for me when I want to do something like write an end-of-year review or reflection. Often I don't see patterns in my own work until a year or two later, and when I'm, you know, suddenly interested in something, I often go back to my archive and I think, oh, actually, you know, it does make sense. I have started to write about this topic more and more in the last five years, and I can see I've given a couple of papers that are kind of related that set the foreground of, of writing this particular piece. So is really helpful in trying to understand my own kind of curiosity a little bit more. And that is, I think, the ultimate motivation for me is I do keep this list because I like to keep learning and developing. And so for me, having this archive has really become quite a natural process of my workflow, not something that I even sort of consciously have to think about much anymore. Just like blogging or journaling have become part of my practice. You can find the links to the resources mentioned in the episode in the show notes. And if you'd like to keep in touch, subscribe to my free newsletter to get a roundup of all the episodes each month, blog posts and free resources directly to your inbox. Now, back to the episode. Now, if you are thinking that this kind of list could be helpful to you too I want to share some tips and strategies for starting your own archive and particularly you know if this seems intimidating or if you're like well I don't have anything I would put on this list let me share some ideas with you for how you could get started and maybe you will give it a go so first Principle is start with literally anything. You might add a book you've read. You could add any events, workshops, webinars, seminars, or other talks you've attended. Um, You could add a workshop that you've been to or that you've run, something you've co-facilitated. You could add projects that you've been involved with projects that you've led maybe papers that you've published whatever you decide to add to the list don't worry about it don't worry whether it's worthy of being included just include everything i find that once you start making the list things quickly amount to more than you expect and while it can be really difficult to find the courage to get started when faced with a completely blank piece of paper one of the key strategies i often use is to go further back so you know if the last thing that you can remember is five years ago add it onto the list you can just always make a catch-all category of you know things i remember up to now and then you can add new things as they occur over time if you do get into a practice of keeping a list the satisfaction of adding to it will become a really good motivator but to begin with it can just be a barrier to get over so i would say you know really important to just starting and jumping in now as i mentioned and as you can see i keep my list on my blog But you might prefer to keep your list private, and that's a completely valid strategy. There's no reason why you'd need to share it with anyone else. I keep it on my blog because this is where I work, and this is where I go every couple of days, if not every day. I am active there, and I need this list to be somewhere where it isn't sort of hidden away in files or folders. I need it to be somewhere where I go, and I'm actively in my workspace somewhere that is part of my kind of, you know, normal working processes, not somewhere outside of them. And for me personally, it's super convenient to have a place that I can refer back to or send people to um, somewhere that I can, you know, lose, if you like. I don't I don't track how many um, views this page gets. My guess would be very few. Um, so it isn't all that public in that sense. Um, but to me, it's, it's completely fine for this list to be up there. And you know, anyone who wants to can have a look. It's also very precious to me to have this list. And that's another reason why I'm keeping it on my own domain. When I have kind of low days or when I feel like I haven't accomplished much, I head over there and I can have a look at things I've achieved over the years Um, and I find that really encouraging and I do think there are still things that I'm missing and there's more that I could add, but at least it is some kind of record of where I've been and what I've done and, and how I've gotten here. So maybe if you do have a similar list or if you're going to start one, yours does the same for you. Now. I mentioned in the beginning that, you know, I could probably quite easily use a platform or a tool to keep a list like that. Um, you know, something like LinkedIn maybe, where I already keep a lot of professional kind of information and adding more information to it would certainly help build my profile. And it would make it easier for people who are considering, you know, working with me or coaching with me to find out what I'm doing and what I've accomplished. But (laughs) there is a a but for me, which is that I don't really trust that any other social media platform or network will not change and that my list will still be there in 10 years time in the same way that I want it to be. And, you know, given that I've invested lots of time in in different networks over the last 20 years and nearly all of them have come and gone and those who are still here um, definitely have changed a lot. I just don't trust the technology, um, or rather the people in charge of it, um, to, to be robust enough to, to stay in that place. So for me, it's really encouraging to have this domain of my own, where I can keep this list and I can you know, add to it and back it up as much as I want to. So I do obviously share this information on other platforms as well but I don't really go back to look at what I've done in 2015 on LinkedIn. I really look at, you know, on my own blog, and this is where I like to work. So I hope this has been useful to you. I would be so interested in what your experiences are with keeping a similar list and, you know, how you make use of yours and and what you like to keep and good luck to you if you're just getting started and you want to have a go with it I really am so thrilled to realize that you know what started as a kind of quite a small thing has kept going for 10 years and I'm really delighted to be able to share that experience with you as you know it's been a bit of a um a kind of unexpected discovery this week But it did make me think a lot about the value of staying still sometimes in in such a busy pace and such a busy year when, you know, everything just seems to be speeding up. And so it's been a good way for me this week to kind of step back, slow down and reflect a little bit on how I've gotten here. Virtual teams. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, you can find the links to the tools and resources we talked about in the show notes or head over to marandeepwell.com forward slash podcast.